Hello, everyone. This is Shop Talk. Our host, Troy E. Anderson, with Peter Sermon, Mary DJ Fire, and our guest, Juno. Hello, Juno. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Awesome. We wanted to talk to you tonight about how the music industry has been going with you and how you've been doing in your career. I, I found out you were just uh, created a new project and you've gone to a very great uh, college in Boston. So maybe we can speak about that. Uh, yes, um, I uh, received a full scholarship to Berkeley College of Music like uh, about a year ago. And I've been um, working in that school for about a year. It's, everything's been online. Shut down and everything, Wonderful. but it's been an interesting learning experience. Um, and as for the new project, that is a project that I'm collaborating with with um, so a guitarist named James Moody. So we put together this sort of um, kind of cacophony kind of vibe of a duo guitar, you know, sound with um, it's called inter Interstellar Mechanism, and it's a duo of us basically shredding with this sci-fi kind of vibe, so it's kind of cool. Very good, very good. On a follow-up, um, I see that your video just came out today, so what was your idea for releasing more music? Are you going to go with that video concept more often? It looks like it's very spacey, uh, almost sci-fi-ish. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of the theme of the project. So it's a uh, mixture of like mechanical sounding, uh, you know, guitar tones and drums and precise playing, very technical, very virtuosic. Uh, the theme is kind of like, you know, jokingly we're two machines. <laughs> we're not really, obviously, but that's kind of the, I guess you could call it, a theme or a gimmick or whatever, but it's just kind of fun. Um, it's kind of a, a play on uh, how sometimes people perceive virtuosity as being mechanical. So, yeah, and most of the videos that we plan on re um, releasing and the music all have a similar uh, theme of the sci-fi thing. So, very good. Exciting. So, what, what, what was your what was your uh, aspect when you were creating in this project? What was your, your idea of your overview of how you wanted to present it? It looks like it's been very detail-oriented, and it seems that everything syncs, syncs up really nicely. Uh, yeah, so the, um, the song, uh, the first song that we wrote together is called Cosmic Odyssey. So it's, you know, traveling the cosmos with this, this like, sort of cinematic, anthetic, melodic, metal vibe. Um, that was our first song that we just released yesterday and there's a corresponding music video with it um all of the video was done by me and all the um drum programming and engineering was done by him so we kind of used that together um and the theme of the video is basically traveling through a you know a cosmic odyssey basically traveling through different planets and all the film i um i obtained from a place called Storyblock, so it's basically you, you know, pay a subscription to get video, and uh, you can put it together any way you want, and I kind of did a little bit of directing and um, artistry with that, um, trying to make it seem like a sci-fi movie, but 
you know, we're shredding instead of, you know, a screenplay. Wonderful. And you are a really good guitarist. Uh, maybe uh, so other uh, hosts can get involved with the follow-ups and get a little more insight. When you were starting your, your uh, music career, you said you went to college. Uh, what were some of your professors uh, and your influences in your and, and what you learned over the years? How did that influence you to get where you are now? Oh, I've had a lot of different mentors throughout the years. Um, many of them have inspired me for different reasons. Um, but I guess currently, currently my main influences are Ingrid Malmsteen, uh, just now. He's a professor at Berkeley. I've taken many lessons from him. Wow. Um, Richie Blackmore, uh, Jason Becker, Niccolo Paganini, Sean Lane, um, John Petrucci, Guthrie Govan. Uh, Sean Bichard is another uh, one of my um, instructors at Berkeley. He's very amazing. Uh, you know, I, I really love the neo That is amazing. Guitar, um, tread metal, and yeah, things like that. Uh, Peter, would you like to follow up with those uh, those uh, professors or, or absolutely. artists that, that, that's helping her? Absolutely. At least a couple of them that Juno uh, <clears throat> mentioned are my actually good friends. So uh, I'm going to start with uh, Ingrid. Uh, I've known Ingrid for like over 20 years now, personally. So Juno, uh, uh, Ingrid is a professor. Uh, how do you actually... Uh, would uh, say that he's teaching his students in Berkeley. Berkeley is one of the uh, not his, not not one of the but the best university music school probably in the whole world, uh, to my knowledge. And uh, 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 how do you feel like when uh, uh, Ingrid is lecturing, as far as uh, his? Uh, uh, you know, teaching you guys, you know, uh, uh, what to do, how to do, uh, like, uh, uh, does he come, like, really, like, uh, clean to explain technique and theory? Um, yeah, um, uh, the professor at Berkeley, I think you're talking about is just, um, um, but yeah, he's, he's been there for a long time. He's an amazing professor. I've learned so much from him. He's... He's definitely um, a master of the neoclassical genre and tread metal guitar in general. That's amazing. Absolutely. So, are you talking about uh, uh, John Stump or are you talking about Ingrid? Uh, well, um, John Stump is the professor at Berkeley. Uh, oh, I thought he said that Ingrid was a professor and I wasn't aware of that. Okay. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't hear that uh, before. So, but that's why I'm asking. So, Ingrid is not professor. Uh, no, no, he's just an yeah. amazing guitarist. Yeah, well, yeah, of course, you know that. So, uh, yeah, he's my uh, big influence, and actually I learned uh, a lot of stuff from him uh, for my own uh, uh, techniques that I play. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned uh, John Petrucci, a uh, good friend of mine. You're from Los Angeles, so uh, uh, is he your mentor? Uh, is he teaching you, or how do you guys doing lessons? Uh, no, he's just um, a mentor in general. Um, I love his music, and I think he's uh, amazing, one of the most technically clean players, I think, ever. And, you know, his creativity is amazing, and it's very inspiring to listen to him, um, for sure. I, he went to Berkeley, so there's a connection there, for sure. Um, 
one of the reasons I wanted to go to Berkeley was him. Uh, yeah, so he inspired me in that way. Yeah, very good, very good. Yeah, he's a great uh, technical guitarist. Uh, I know John, John uh, for years and years now. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> when he came out with, uh, uh, you know, it was uh, during uh, Dream Theater, but uh, the project was called Liquid Tension. Uh, this was probably 20 years ago. Amazing album. Uh, uh, it was a studio album. All pretty much all the musicians they got together uh, from Gene Theater, or most of them from Gene Theater, and they just did something super technical, which is which is great. Uh, it's very uh, technical uh, and uh, experienced, you know, like uh, not going to play games, video games, or not watching uh, movies or TV or playing with your friends out in the park or whatever. Okay, Juna, so uh, my next question to you would be about uh, uh, your producer that you worked with, uh, Eddie Kramer, and uh, you started working with him when you were 16 years old. Uh, you submitted your demos and you really liked it. So my question is, how was the follow-up? What happened afterwards? Uh, where did you go from that experience flying to Los Angeles and uh, meeting uh, with Eddie? And uh, what happened afterwards? If you can tell us, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I when I when I first originally met Eddie, I still lived in my hometown, Virginia. So I flew there, uh, flew there to meet him and work with him for um, you know a couple of days at a time. And while I was working with him, at the same time, I was looking for um, a singer for a band I was trying to put together. Um, but I could never quite find the right voice that worked for the music, and uh, so it never really came of anything, so I've kind of just uh, waited on that currently. I'm still looking for a singer, so, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so while I was working with him, I actually decided to actually move out to L.A., work with him more frequently, but around the same time, he actually got offered to work with the Who in Canada, so um, that kind of stopped. Um, but, you know, I still kept connected with him, and, uh, yeah, so it was just a great learning experience, mostly. Very good. You know, you mentioned that uh, you wanted to move to L.A., and, uh, you know, before uh, COVID-19, like, uh, over a year ago, you know, that would have been a great idea uh, to my experience or uh, <clears throat> my understanding. But, uh, you know, since COVID-19, everything started being online, you know, so Zoom meetings, uh, recordings, you know, via Pro Tool, whatever, uh, uh, or Logic or whatever programs or software using, you know, so it, it, it became a little bit more popular uh, worldwide, I would say, that musicians from uh, even overseas in Europe or Australia or Asia or elsewhere, South America, you know, they would just do everything online, you know, so, but uh, the, the great thing about uh, Los Angeles is that you are close to each other, you know, so you can actually have a face-to-face meeting, which is uh, much better than Zoom, you know, or, you know, something online uh, or Skype, whatever uh, they're using. So, uh, but uh, are you uh, thinking about moving to Los Angeles or uh, do you want to stay on the East Coast in uh, Virginia? Do I understand that's where you reside now? Yeah, mm-hmm. I lived in L.A. for two years um, when I was 18, 19, 20, and then I moved back to my hometown. So, um, 
Yeah, I'm really looking to move to probably Nashville next, I think. Nashville? Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, that's uh, more about uh, country music. And yes. as I saw your, as I saw your uh, uh, videos, I mean, you are a great guitarist, you know, with all respect, you know, having said that, you know, so uh, kind of more of a, like a, a Kinkai or even John Petrucci, you know, that uh, type of style, technique. Uh, so uh, are you sure you want to go to Nashville? Um, as I've heard from a couple of other of my musician friends, there's actually a pretty good rock scene down there. Um, so there's a lot of music that goes on down there, uh, I think, like blues and otherwise. And it's just kind of seems to be a place where a lot of musicians, you know, kind of migrate because, you know, rent is so high in New York and L.A. I think they, they tend to... to move to places with lower rent, so Nashville would be one of those places that tons of musicians of all genres and all minds kind of culminate there, I think. At least that's what I've heard from some of my um, musician friends. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, a ton of musicians, uh, a lot of recording studios, which is great opportunity, unless you have your own recording studio, uh, such as myself. But uh, uh, it's just like, uh, I don't know, just do kind of research, you know, before you make a move, because, yeah, rent is uh, high in Los Angeles or Orange County in general. Uh, you're right at that, but uh, uh, check out... Uh, the scene in Nashville, you know, see if you really, really gonna fit in, you know, with style of your playing. I mean, that's my uh, personal advice and professional advice as well. So, um, and uh, next question, what am I gonna ask? I'm gonna ask Mary. Mary, yes. Do you have any idea uh, questions? Yes, I do. Um, do you know? I understand that you are also um, a figure skater. Yes, I was when I was younger. It's kind of where I um, I got a lot of my performance moves from. Oh, nice. So how, how do you think, besides getting the moves from there, <clears throat> excuse me, um, how do you think that that helps you now? Um, yeah, um, when I was younger, I, I wasn't really into music like I am now. Mm -hmm. I really, the scope of my musical exposure was really, um, soundtracks and popular music. Um, at the time when I was skating, I was really a fan of Michael Jackson, so I would skate to, uh, his music, but it helped me create my musical identity, I think, early on before I kind of developed into the shred metal style that I currently am in today, um, it, it, it just kind of helped my performance skills, it helped me give, give myself some sort of musical identity, it made me realize how perform, how important performing was to me, and how much I enjoy that aspect of music, especially now, it's one of my favorite features of being a musician is the performing. Oh, nice. That's, hey, that's Mary, let me cool. follow up on that. Oh, yeah, go uh, ahead, Troy. I actually have her, uh, her bio in front of me. You said you skated from 7 to 10. Now, I used to be an athlete as well. I used to play football a lot. And I always remember I went to hockey games and stuff, and this is similar. You're on the, on the ice, you're, you're ice skating 
to my knowledge, and I know this is probably similar to where you're at, they play a lot of music when you're in your performance. So maybe the music you're playing when you're going so fast, you wanted to shred in your head, and eventually became a shredder. I'm just just trying to see if that was the case with you. Yeah, um, skating, uh, figure skating is definitely a competitive sport. So you basically, um, you learn spins, you learn jumps, you choreograph a program, and you skate. You gotta be precise. You're not precise, you're gonna fall on your butt, right? Yeah, yes. So basically the same thing with a guitar, you gotta be precise in your play, or you're gonna fall on your butt. Yeah, so, it was definitely That's about, amazing. Uh, yeah, it, it really taught me, um, Confidence and competition, how to how to compete, how to be a good um, winner, a good loser, all of those things, and know that if you get better, you'll win first. If you don't do well, you won't. It, it really taught me how to be competitive. I mean, I would go, I would train, and I would get up at like three in the morning and drive an hour to the skating rink to work with professional coaches who would help nice. me do these complicated jumps, like, you know, double axles, double lutzes, axles, oh, wow. so many different um, aspects of figure skating, and I would learn that, and it just really taught me how to be dedicated and work hard for a goal. I think it was really At important. Age, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Hey, Peter, I know you, you probably have a similar aspect of when you're growing up, you know, you're competing, you're trying to survive. It seems like she was striving. I didn't see she... She looks really good in these, these dresses. It looks like you're always trying to present yourself in a very positive pro light. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing that I think figure skating taught me a lot is, um, I guess, wow. um, presentation is everything. You seem like you really, yeah, yeah, presentation. You really, really do want presentation, especially the video I saw. That was, seems like the main thing. You've got the visual and the, and the mental idea of taking both the music and the visual. And I really I do appreciate that uh, from that video. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Uh, Peter, any follow-ups on that that, that, uh, that that growing up that she did? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, once when you uh, do sports, you know, any kind of sports, like you mentioned, uh, figure skating or you mentioned football on your end, you know, uh, I was doing martial arts, you know, when I was a kid, I started playing piano when I was three years old. But, you know, um, the term, I'm going to start with this, that uh, uh, was quite used in this conversation is shredding. Now, let me kind of like uh, explain. Uh, everybody knows that I'm from Europe originally, born and raised, you know, in Europe. Uh, we don't call it shredding. We call it like virtuoso level, you know. Uh, and Juno, you understand as a, a student of Berkeley University, you know, that there are different levels, you know. You, so you are beginner, then you are up immediately, blah, blah, blah. All nine yards, all the way to virtuoso level. Virtuoso level will get you, take you probably eight, ten, twelve years to get there, you know, if you really, really do your homework and practicing eight hours a day. So, uh, I'm gonna start with the uh, shredding stuff, you know, so, uh, you know, like when people called me when I came to America, uh, the first time I was 16, uh, in 1991, and uh, uh, I, I was playing in local music uh, store, just trying guitar that I wanted to buy. And uh, it's like, oh, you are a shredder. I was like, fuck no. I don't shred cheese. I don't shred meat. No, you are a shredder. You are a shredder. I didn't get that term. 
I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, am I am I doing something bad? No, it sounds great. It sounds great. You do you do great. I'm like, well, why are you calling me Shredder? I am not shredding cheese or meat, you know? And Igwe actually told me the same thing. We had a conversation 20 years ago, of, of, you know, uh, about this, you know? So Igwe doesn't like to be called Shredder either, you know? And uh, so it's a, it's a virtuous level. But that's a very common American term, you know, to call somebody like uh, Steve Vai, uh, Saj, uh, uh, John Petrucci, Paul Gilbert, uh, 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 Ingve, uh, name all of them, Jimi Hendrix, you know, uh, Shredders, you know, so, yes, but, yes. Uh, you know, uh, I kind of, like, don't really like the term, uh, uh, as far as, you know, calling somebody Shredder. I would say, like, uh, Juno is a virtuoso, you know, I would never okay. call her, I would never call her Shredder, you know, based on what I saw, like, uh, I saw, like, a couple of videos so far, oh, yeah. uh, didn't have a chance to check out more, but, uh, that's one thing, and then uh, what we're talking about uh, from uh, uh, what we're saying. to the next level. Oh, the next level. Okay, so yeah, when you do sports, and when you want to get to this uh, in parentheses shredding type of uh, style of playing, which I call virtuoso playing, you know, that helps you because your body. You know, your muscles are moving. If you're a figure skater, you have to do these double, triple axles, like you uh, mentioned, Juno. Or uh, if you're a football player, you have to run fast, you know. You have to skate fast. You have to, you know, uh, so your muscles are moving fast, you know. So you get kind of sort of used to it once when you have a good practice and training. And the same thing applies for uh, fingers. Speaking of uh, getting, getting back to uh, Juno and Nicolo Paganini, you know, well, uh, that uh, stuff that Nicola Paganini wrote, it's really hard to play for violinists, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, like 24 Capriches, for instance. You know, I used some parts of 24 Capriches, you know, to play on guitar. So does Ingwe, for instance, you know. And it's really hard. But the whole point is the movement of fingers. So now, Juno, when you are skating, obviously, you develop your... Uh, muscles, your body muscles, up to a certain level, okay, but the fingers, that's a whole different story, you know, playing guitar or playing bass guitar, for instance, so how did you, Juno, how did you uh, actually start transferring from uh, developed muscles in your body as an ice skater to become virtuoso on guitar? Your, your finger muscles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I guess the experience in the skating really just taught me how to set goals and achieve goals and why goal setting was important and how um, impactful working hard for something is. So when I was um, about 12, I kind of actually started playing Guitar Hero and <laughs> I the video game. And I was so, for some reason, it really um, struck me in a way because I had never heard metal or rock before and I loved the music in that game so much um, that it just kind of impacted me a lot. I love the idea of playing the guitar, even though I know obviously it's not playing the guitar. I love the idea of playing in front of an audience, even though it was in a video game. I thought it was so cool and I loved the music and it was like a new it was like a new experience, a new sound to me. And I just really gravitated a lot to it. 
Um, and at the same time, I was really getting into the Beatles. I, I uh, heard about them somehow and um, listening to their music. Obviously, it's amazing. And it just inspired me a lot to pick up the guitar. I asked for a guitar when I was 12, and um, I started taking lessons. I, I was mostly self-taught when I started um, because I obviously have an interest in guitar. I, I really do a lot of um, investigating and different techniques. I, did, I think they play very well, obviously. But um, I would dedicate uh, about maybe two hours a day at the time to playing, and that, you know, was, I mean, that's a lot for a beginner. So I, it, it, you know, it, I was trying to, uh, trying to juggle school at the same time. I don't know. It was just an interesting time for me because I was really experimenting with the instrument because I didn't really know how really to play it. Um, so I did a lot of experimenting on my own. Um, and then when I was about 16, I started to take lessons again from a jazz guitarist and kind of taught me um, theory and scales and, you know, the grips and how to read charts and how to read music and some different you know, exposure to other music I had never heard before, like fusion and jazz. Um, so that opened up another door for me, um, being interested in that, because that's a whole other sort of world of virtuosity, understanding theory at the level that the jazz players do. Um, but at the same time, I was still doing a lot of uh, very endurance practicing with, I think at the time I was playing about five to seven hours a day of just endurance playing, and then I would work on you know, theory or whatever else the teacher gave me. Um, so that was a really impactful moment in my life because it gave, basically gave me the foundations of music. And then um, after that, I, I stopped taking lessons with him and I did some more experimenting on my own. And um, then I started working online. And ever since, I've just kind of had this um, desire to practice 10 hours a day, you know, <laughs> just to... To obtain that level of uh, virtuosity, it definitely takes uh, practice, 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 and constantly pushing yourself. Um, not only pushing yourself, but constantly challenging yourself. And I think people think that if you practice ten hours a day, you'll get better. But it's not only just practicing ten hours a day; you have to play things you can't play. So I think that's an important um, piece of advice if anyone wants to become a virtual virtuoso. <laughs> that it's important to challenge yourself. Absolutely, absolutely, indeed. You know, so you just pretty much, like, uh, uh, spell it out, you know, to our listeners. It takes all practice, because I'm a music teacher of uh, six different instruments, uh, as people know, and uh, I always tell uh, my students, practice, 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 and like you said, you start with two hours uh, when you are four years old, two hours per day, you know, then you develop it all the way to 10, 12 hours a day. That's what it takes if you want to get to a certain level. If you want to go, if you want to play blah, 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 yeah, you can pick up guitar once a week, you know, but that's what you're going to end up, you know, playing blah, blah, blah. You know, if you want to get down that level, like Ingrid, for instance, as we mentioned, or Jonathan Trushing, or Steve Vai, you know, or uh, any other great virtuosos, you have to put your time into it, you know. So, and uh, listeners, and especially students, they need to realize this, that you're not going to become a rock star uh, overnight. And I'm not, I'm not talking about virtuoso level. You know, I'm talking just a rock star, you know, just playing a bunch of power chords up and down. So, but, uh, yeah, Bob, you, you got a great point, and I'm, I'm glad you, you really spelled it out to our listeners because they, that's what they need to realize. That this takes time. It doesn't happen 
it's not like you have rich daddy or mommy or uncle that was going to give you a million dollars and say like, hey, you know what? I'm going to open up business for you. Here it is. You know, even if they have 10 million, billion dollars, whatever, you know, they can never make you be a virtuoso. You have to put your own time into it. And that's, that's very good to hear from, you know, a uh, young uh, uh, lady virtuoso level, you know, uh, that you have that understanding. So that our listeners could actually really uh, understand what it takes. It takes time, and uh, it takes dedication, and uh, it takes uh, it takes uh, pretty much. You know, uh, you have to give up, sacrifice something. Okay, Juno. So, uh, question for you again here: What are your plans for the future? Uh, I mean, as far as uh, uh, student, as far as musician, as far as your project that you're working with your partner, can you, uh, uh, music partner, can you explain us a little bit more and tell us what you're planning on doing, uh, maybe this year, 2021, or, uh, uh, long-term goals five years from now, where do you see yourself? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, right now, I am working on a project called Interstellar Mechanism, which is kind of like a company, Marty Friedman, Jason Becker. Um, thing with another virtuosic, amazing guitarist named James Moody. It's kind of like a sci-fi um, shred kind of uh, vibe that we're going for. Um, it's very cool. So if you want to check it out, we just released a music video um, today. But we also, we both obviously both have our own um, identities apart from the project that we're doing together. Uh, he has his own music um, at James Moody. On Facebook, you can check him out. Um, but I'm also doing my own album at the moment. I'm about to come up with this um, single. Uh, it's an instrumental, so it's a little more neoclassical um, than the project I'm working on with him. But um, it's it's kind of a neoclassical blend, but it's 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 kind of different in its own way. Um, it's called the Ascension, and it should be out around May first, and that's also going to have a corresponding uh, video. And it kind of, it features um, a violinist, actually, uh, Saban Cronin, and a drummer named Paul Wonky. So those are two very amazing musicians that if anyone wants to check out, you should, because they're amazing. And they're going to be uh, sort of featured on my album. Um, and uh, once The Ascension is released, which is the instrumental, I plan on releasing an album, too, uh, which should be, you know, a close follow-up. Um, half of it will be instrumentals, again, sort of uh, centered around the neoclassical genre, because that's um, my favorite genre at the moment. <laughs> and the other half is sort of more commercial rock. Um, it's still, you know, got some virtuosic aspects for sure in the solos and such, but um, I do write original, you know, music and lyrics, and I hope to put together a band at some point. So I'm looking for a you know, a male singer to basically sing my music and work in a band with me. Um, so if anyone is out there interested in something like that, that would be great. Um, I'm looking to tour with that band for sure um, in the future. And um, hopefully that will develop into something. I am excited for my album and hopefully it will be out before the end of the year. That's amazingly awesome. Hey, Mary, like we always do with new artists that are trying to release, you think you guys might be able to link up and maybe spin some of our new music in the future, if that's okay with Juno? 
Oh, yes, that's that's absolutely fine. I mean, most everybody knows I I am of the opinion if a musician sends me their music, they are guaranteed airplay on my shows. Excellent. That would be great. Peter, any, oh. Peter, any advice for her while she's starting out getting her feet wet and starting to do tours and uh, starting to uh, do collaboration with her artists? Well, yeah, of course, there's always advice, you know, and uh, uh, it's a, uh, I'm just going to say professional advice that uh, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to uh, start your own band, make sure that you are very selective with people, especially uh, people that are not professionals. Normally, what we do is uh, we hire session musicians, you know, for band which is like uh, if you're going to be touring or recording, it would be drummer, keyboardist, uh, bass guitarist, uh, vocalist, uh, uh, violinist, uh, uh, any instrument, your name out there. You know, so be very careful, be very selective because people's going to tell you like, oh, yeah, 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 I can do this, I can do that. And then, you know, oh, I cannot make it to rehearsal. I cannot do this, I cannot do that. I cannot go on tour because I have a kid or I have a girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, you know, if that makes sense. So be be very careful uh, once when you start putting band together because, uh, to my understanding, you are a very dedicated person and it would be kind of a uh, waste of your time and shame, you know, to waste your time with people that are not dedicated, but they're going to promise you in the beginning everything. You're going to count on them and eventually they will uh, not deliver what they were promising. So this is a like that amateur kind of uh, level of people. But now, since you are in Berkeley University, that's a great opportunity to get together with your colleagues, with your uh, uh, friends at school, you know, and start researching right there. Now, the only thing is, uh, as far as my other advice, as far as uh, uh, your uh, colleagues in, uh, in college, in Berkeley University, is make sure that you are on the same page as far as style of music. Because somebody may like blues, jazz, uh, rock, heavy metal, classical, neoclassical, flamenco, whatever genres, you know. So you don't want to get a country guy to play heavy metal, okay, or the other way around. If that makes sense. You know, so that would be my uh, advice to you. Just be very careful and very selective who you pick and choose and make sure you know that person and uh, they are on the same level like you are or at least close enough to you, if not uh, the same level, if that makes sense. So that's what I would uh, advise you. That's great advice, Peter. So anyway, so as we're following up to our ending uh, lightning questions in the last five to ten minutes, you know, do you, any questions you'd like to ask us or any uh, ideals you'd like to uh, learn from us? Um, uh, sure. I guess I'm not really quite sure what... Um you well, this is shop talk, so we like to, we like to like give you a little bit of free free range to question. What you think? Be what would you want to know about the music? This. Um, I guess uh, I don't. I'm not really sure exactly what you do, Troy, and I'm not really exactly sure what Mary does, and I'm not sure what <laughs> does think about that. Well, Mary, she's the DJ. Peter is, of course, a classical great artist and has come in and supported us so much in Shop Talk to get us a format 
so we can highlight and to uh, display great artists like you. And myself, I, I created it years ago with my buddy uh, Steve Unger. We were doing a pilot, and all of a sudden, we thought a great idea to three panel people, uh, find great artists, either developed uh, table name, whatever. They're really great, and trying to, to highlight them and to expose their beautiful uh, thing that they have in this world called music and what they've done in music, and to highlight them and to, uh, to deliver it to the world as we can hear it right now with listeners. Well, that's very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So if there's anything you would like to uh, ask about or what do you think or a question about uh, music, uh, please uh, feel free. Um, yeah, I guess um, um, any advice on uh, promotion on social media, I guess? Mary? Yes. <laughs> What do you think would be the best way for her? Maybe get her uh, more spinning, more uh, attention on the online scene, and maybe um, rotation on your on your shows, right? Yes, yes, definitely. You know, my radio shows. I have a really far worldwide reach. I have a lot of uh, listeners. Um, but what Troy always forgets is I'm not just a DJ. I also do band and tour yep. management. So I work with artists and I do yes. the promotions on Facebook. And one thing that I tell all my bands is to get uh, your fans engaged on your social media, don't always and strictly post music. If you go out to dinner and it's a fantastic restaurant, post about that and name the restaurant. You know, your fans are going to be like, oh, okay, so she's not just a musician, she's a person. And as well as that, if you have any bands that you like, like and follow their pages with your, with your uh, band page or your musician page. Because they, in turn, are going to like and follow you, and that gets cross-promoting between your fans and their fans. Uh-huh. That makes sense. Excellent. 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 Peter, uh, any last advice? Uh, of course. Yeah, sure. Uh, Juno, what I would advise you as far as uh, any kind of promotional stuff, uh, any kind of social media, uh, what do you do? Remember one crucial, very important, the most important thing that I would suggest. Always, 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 and I said it three times, be yourself. Yes. Show your fans, show your friends, show your family, you know, the whole world. This is me. This is the way I am. This is the way I play. This is the way I compose. Okay? Because, and I'm going to give you a example. A lot of people, they use modern technology, editing system, making video clips, using uh, computers, uh, you know, to do any kind of, you know, uh, sounds, arpeggios, scales, and stuff that is not actually really played, you know, in real time. You are a great guitarist, okay? You can do it, you know? So take advantage of modern technology as far as uh, uh, recording and video, but do not abuse it because guess what? Uh, people are smart, your fans. They're going to see like, oh my God, this is crap. 
this is bullshit. Like, it was just done like it by some IT guy, some computer guru, you know, who did this. And I saw so many videos. I saw so many recordings. I heard so many recordings like that, you know, that I can tell, like, this was not played in real time, you know. So keep it real, you know, yourself. Show your skills to your fans. And that's when they're going to love you. There is a market for everything. Either you play uh, country music or you play heavy metal or rock or neoclassical or flamenco, any genre or techno, whatever. You know, as long as you show that this is me really playing, really playing, that's what they're going to appreciate. You know, and this is not only like right now going on. It's been going on, you know, since, you know, music started. You know, people appreciate the real talent and that's how you present yourself, you know. So you don't try to show some, some, some computer guru tech sitting in the, uh, 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 in your studio, uh, or wherever, uh, and, and doing the whole work, you know, yes. while you're having Starbucks coffee, you know, so just be real, be yourself. What I saw on one of your videos, uh, you were doing great solo. Uh, I don't remember the name, but uh, uh, it, it was just, it was you, you playing. And you were kind of like on your knees playing lead guitar. You had uh, uh, Yves Malmsteen signature scallop neck uh, yellow Stratocaster. I have uh, four of them from the in my studio right there as I'm looking at, you know, and you did a stellar job. That's what fans want to see. And you know what? These guys in the audience, uh, I don't know how many people were there, but I, what, I, what I saw on the particular video, uh, they were just like, wow, wow, that's what you want to hear from people. Wow. Like this girl or that, that boy or whoever is playing is fucking awesome. You know, so, and you have to show people yourself. This is me, this is what I do, and this is the way I am. That's my best advice as far as social media and promoting yourself. Don't try to be anybody else. Don't try to use, uh, abuse, I'm sorry, abuse modern technology, because then you're going to show people that this is not me. This is somebody else behind my back who is fixing all the mistakes. No, there is mistakes always. You know, nobody's perfect, you know, so, but just be yourself. Yes, I, de yes I definitely oh, yeah. pride my um, live performance skills. I never edit audio or anything like that, that's for sure. Ever. It is stellar. I, I, I agree. You're, you are stellar, you know, and I am so proud to have you on the show. And one last thing, uh, just to play on words, you're stellar. An interstellar mechanism seems to be a great project you have, and I hope it goes so well this year, 2021. Thank you. I'm excited. Uh, Mary, any last questions before we uh, we say goodbye and sign off tonight? Uh, no, I think I'm good today. All right, awesome. Peter, any last, any last words? Well, I would just uh, say, Juno, I wish you uh, good luck, all the best with Berkeley University, with your projects that you're working on, and uh, uh, just stay focused, and uh, it will pay off. Well, thank you, know, you. you. You are a young lady, you have everything in front of you, so, and uh, yeah, just, uh, just do what you're doing, what you've been doing so far. Yes, thank you. You're awesome. Again, thank you for being on Shop Talk. And this has been Shop Talk.